This is Grumpy SEO Guy, episode 20. Eight SEO questions answered. You're listening to Grumpy SEO Guy, the SEO podcast that doesn't waste your time with nonsense that doesn't work. I'm the Grumpy SEO Guy, and I'm sharing with you the strategies that have helped me successfully run my SEO agency for the last 14 years. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my knowledge and experience, discussing tips and strategies, and trying to help you cut through the confusion that permeates this industry. If you listen to this podcast, you will know more about SEO than 99% of people on the planet. Ready? Let's get started. I'm the Grumpy SEO Guy. Let me tell you why I'm grumpy today. I'm grumpy today because nobody can get answers to their SEO questions. So you know what? Today, I'm going to answer your SEO questions. But before we do that, my lawyer tells me that I have to say this right now. A quick disclaimer before we get started, everything I say here is based on my experience and opinion from 14 years in the industry. I don't officially know how Google or any other search engines work. Everything I say here is hypothetical and based on my experience. This podcast does not constitute advice or services. What worked for me may or may not work for you. Okay, back to the show. Okay, before we get started, I just want to say, if you have any questions, you can email them to me at hello at grumpyseoguy.com. Question number one, should I use WordPress? So are you talking about for your portfolio of authoritative blogs that you're using to rank your website or your clients' websites? Or are you talking about for your main site that you're trying to rank? You know what? Either way, yes, you can use WordPress. Okay, let me tell you about WordPress a little bit. So let me put it like this. Um, I use WordPress on many of the sites in our portfolio. Why? Because it's really easy. So, okay, that's all That's all that I'm really looking for. Um, and for my personal websites that have like nothing to do with my SEO agency or anything like that, I use WordPress on most of those too. You wanna know why? Because it's easy. Now, here's the thing. The only other thing that I'd really say is this. Uh, if you like, you don't have to use WordPress, okay? So like, if you wanna use, you know, one of these, web development services that, you know, advertise all over the place and give you a website and hosting and stuff. Like, I'm not going to say who they are. You know who they are. But yeah, like, like literally no problem. Like, I know people who use those. That That's that's totally fine. If you want to make a website from scratch because you're an awesome web developer, okay, I am not an awesome web developer. But if you are, yeah, do it by hand. That's awesome. But like, WordPress is easy, and millions of people use WordPress because it's easy. So yeah, use WordPress, no problem with that. Uh, I would just say, make sure that everything is, you know, the most recent version. That's uh, probably pretty important. And the only other thing that I'll say, and this, like, this doesn't matter, this is just me. Uh, I think the newer versions are a little bit more difficult to use than the older versions. Like, I don't know, maybe I just haven't figured them out yet. Look, I don't really do a lot besides like, you know, making posts, so like whatever. But I feel like in the older version, it was easier to, you know, use paragraphs. Now every paragraph is its own block or whatever. I, I don't know. Look, I probably just haven't figured it out, okay? But I just thought it was kind of irritating when they changed it, but it's fine. Like I still use WordPress frequently, literally not a problem at all. I recommend that you use WordPress. Okay, that's the end of that question. Next question, how long should my content be? Okay, I'm going to assume you're talking about for the site that you're trying to rank and you're not talking about for a site within your portfolio, but like the answers are, I don't know, they'd be similar anyway, but let's just talk about your regular site for a bit. Okay, 
I'm going to give you a general rule, and then I'm going to give you a specific rule. The general rule is this, between 400 and 1,000 words. Look, don't have every post on your page be 400 words because that's less work, okay? Like, come on. But I'm saying if you're at least 400 words, it probably wouldn't be a problem. Same thing, like 1,000 words, that's probably pretty good. Look, most people don't write 1,000 word posts. Okay, so like if you're at a thousand words and it's good quality content that makes sense to the reader, remember that's the purpose of content is to keep the visitor on the site. Content doesn't really help you rank. If it's a thousand words and it makes sense and it's good quality, yeah, that's great. You know what? You can go over that if you want. If you get carried away and like you're just writing the most amazing piece of content in the whole world and it's like 2,000 words, that's fine. That's awesome. You should do it that way. There's not like a wrong answer in this case. But I'm just saying on average, 400 to 1,000 words is fine. Okay, here's the specific advice. If you have looked at your competition and you should, by the way, you should look at your competition and see what they are doing because generally speaking in SEO, what you wanna do is do what your competition is doing but do it a little bit better, okay? So look at your competition. How long is their content on average? Are they 500 words? If their average content is 500 words, maybe you should do 550 or 600 on average, okay? That's not too much more. You could probably write some good quality content about whatever your, whatever your business is, right? So you should probably do that. Now, I say this because if your competition has tons of like 2,000 word articles on their site, well, you probably don't wanna be posting 400 word articles on your site, okay? But generally speaking, just do what your competition does. And, oh, and let me, let me say this, okay? because I've said this before, but like, this is important. Your competition are the websites that are ranking for the keywords that you want to rank for, okay? That doesn't necessarily mean it's businesses that sell the same thing that you sell. It means websites that rank for the keywords you are attempting to rank for. Okay, that should make sense, but I mean, like, cause everybody thinks of competition as like, oh, people that are in my same niche. No. It's websites that are ranking for the keywords that you're attempting to rank for, okay? Why? Because those are the websites you have to outrank, okay? Your competition, your like real competition, okay? The people that are selling the same things that you are, they might not even be on the first page of the search engine. So you're already outranking them, okay? I mean, like maybe, they, okay, they might be ranking below you. How about that, okay? They might be ranking worse than you, so you don't have to worry about outranking them because you already outrank them. Your competition are the websites that rank for the keywords you wish to rank for. Okay, so look at those websites, see what they're doing, do it better. Okay, next question. How many pieces of content should I put on my site and how quickly should I post them? All right, this was a phenomenal question. Can I tell you why? Most people would ask, how many pieces of content should I make? That's a good question. Okay, most people would not ask, how quickly should I post them? Okay, that's a very good question. Now, I'm gonna answer both of these questions and I'm going to explain why, how quickly you post it matters. Okay, first question, or I guess first part of the question, how many pieces of content should I post on my site? Well, what you should do is look at your competition and see how many pieces of content they have. Let's let's just mention blogs at this point, okay? Let's say your competition has a blog that has 40 posts, 
Okay, and I'm not talking about other pages on the site. I'm not talking about about us. I'm not talking about contact us. I'm not, I'm talking about blogs. You can use this however you want. This principle that I'm going to teach you, you can apply this however you want. But for right now, we're talking about blogs. Your competition has a blog, it has 40 posts. Okay, so what you wanna do is you wanna do what your competition is doing, but you wanna do it a little bit better. It's like with authority. You wanna get a greater amount of authority than your competition has then you will outrank them, okay? So with content, same principle. Again, content doesn't really have anything to do with ranking, but as far as content goes, you want to do what your competition is doing and you want to do it better than them. So if they have 40 posts, maybe the website in question should have 45 or 50 posts. Why? Well, because that's pretty much the same thing, but it's a little bit better. Okay, now, there's another thing that you need to look at and that is this. How often is your competition posting new blogs? Okay? Because let me be let me be a hundred percent straightforward with you here. Most people will start writing a blog and then stop. Okay? <laughs> they'll post like they'll post they'll they'll be really intense about it for like a week or two and then they stop. All right. So your competition that has 40 blog posts, when was the most recent post? Was it this week? Was it last week? Was it two years ago? Okay, this will be important in a minute. The next thing that we need to talk about is how quickly should you post them? Okay, let's say you're doing 50. You're doing 50 posts for your website, okay? Why? Because your competition has 40. How quickly should you post them? If it were me, the way I would do it is like this. I would post 10 of them immediately. And just, like for this example, we're just assuming that this is a brand new site or just like a new campaign that you're starting or something, okay? I would post 10 of them right away. I would post them immediately. I would post all of them at once, okay? What I would do with the other 40, because remember we have 50, is I would schedule them once a week or you could do twice a week until you run out of them, okay? So basically like that's going to be like 40 more weeks. Let's let's call it a year. All right. It's like it's almost a year kind of. I don't know. Or half a year if you're doing it two a week. Now, why does this matter? Why does it matter how quickly you post the blogs? If you remember from a previous episode, we mentioned something called freshness. Now, freshness basically refers to how often does a website post new content? And all else being equal, search engines prefer websites that regularly post new content. Now, I think that's stupid, personally. I'm not, I'm not saying ignore that rule, but I, I, just, I think it doesn't make any sense. Because why would you not post everything immediately and get it out there and make your website the best, most comprehensive collection of your subject or your industry or your field or your business by having it all out there? That makes perfect sense to me. Okay, but that's not how the search engines want you to do it because if you post everything all at once, then you're not gonna be posting anything else and you won't have any freshness. So take your blog posts, publish 10 of them at once. Okay, that says to the search engines, hey, crawl our website We've got 10 posts, we're awesome. That gives them something, you know? Hey, look at this website. It's not thin content, okay? It's not some website that has like one page on it, like one post. It's got 10 posts, okay? That's great. Now, you're gonna schedule the other ones out once a week, 
twice a week, really doesn't matter. And until you don't have any more, okay? And then you can reassess. Okay, look, it, we'll get to that in a minute. But you schedule them like that, and then the search engines will say, hey, this website is posting blogs every week. That's awesome. So a week goes by and you post a new one. And then another week goes by and you post a new one. And then another week goes by and you post a new one. And the search engines are going to enjoy your site because you continually post new content. You will get some freshness love, okay? I don't, I don't know what you want to call it. Anyway, that's why I would do it that way, okay? Now, why did I say before, look at how often does your competition post, okay? Well, because a lot of people, like I said, will stop posting to a blog and then just like nothing ever occurs with it and you got this old blog, right? So that's fun. Anyway, so here's the thing. Once you use up all your content, okay? And a year has gone by, okay? Reassess the situation. Where are you ranking? I assume that besides doing this content creation, you have also built some authority, right? With high quality backlinks from authoritative websites. If you have done that, and had a good content publishing schedule, you probably outrank your competition by now, right? So look back at your competition, reassess. Are they still posting blogs or have they stopped or have they no longer been posting blogs and their latest blog post is from like a while ago? If that's the case, you probably don't have to be very consistent with it anymore. If you're already outranking them and your blog posts are more recent than them, I wouldn't worry about it too much, honestly. I mean, you should, and people will be like, well, you should always post new blog content, but let's be honest, sometimes there's just not really a lot of stuff to post about, okay? If you're outranking them and your blogs are much newer than theirs, because remember, this is in a year when we're reassessing, you're okay, you're, you're good. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it too much unless they decide to step up their game and whatever, but you know, that's, that's how SEO works. Like, somebody will boost their SEO efforts and outrank their competitors. And then their competitors have to start stepping up their, their efforts and so on and so on and whatever. Anyway, that's how I would do it. So the short answer is if your competition has 40 posts, you want 50, post 10 of them all at once, schedule the next ones once or twice a week until they are done. In the meantime, make sure you're doing things like building backlinks from authoritative websites so that you get some authority and you can actually start outranking your competition. And then hopefully by the end of a year, you are outranking them and your blog is more recent than theirs and your website is awesome and you're at the top of the search engines. Okay, anyway, we're getting a little bit more detailed here, but that answers the question of the number of blog posts that you need. Okay, next question. What is the difference between a backlink and a link? Okay, that's a good question. And for the most part, they're exactly the same, but there could be a difference. Look, backlink just means a link from another website to your website, okay? So if I link to you, that's a backlink, okay? But you could also say link and it would be exactly the same thing. The only thing that you wanna make sure that you're not confused about is you can also have a link on your site to another page on your site. Okay, that's not really a backlink, that's just a link. Sometimes they call them internal links, okay? So you might also hear these terms. You might hear the word external link. That means a link from someone else's website to your website, okay? And then internal link is a link from a page on your website to a different page on your website, okay? So that's it. But if somebody says, oh, I got some links to my website, they're referring to backlinks, okay? If somebody says we're selling links, they're selling backlinks, okay? So backlinks are a type of link 
Backlink refers specifically to a link from a different website to your website and link and link just refers to any type of link anywhere. Okay, next question. Should I use alt text on my images? Yeah, I mean, you should. Like, honestly, it will help with making your website friendly on certain devices. And also here's, okay, look, here's the thing. Alt text can marginally help you get in the results of a Google image search, okay? Now, people don't think about this. Here's the thing about Google image searches, okay? People always think, oh, I wanna get more traffic from the search engines. And they're always thinking about regular searches, okay? Image searches are a legitimate way to get extra traffic. Now, it might be a small amount of traffic because in most cases, people aren't using Google image search for everything. But look, if you're, if you're I don't know what your website is about, okay? But if it covers, you know, stuff like image heavy stuff, I, 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 that could be literally anything, okay? People are gonna Google image search for a thing, all right? Especially if it's the kind of like specific thing that an image explains more clearly than text. They're gonna look for an image and if they find an image that's cool, they're gonna click on it and then they might click visit and go to your website and then, oh my gosh, that's a visitor. So image search in some industries is very important, but it's always cool. Why would you not want to get visitors from Google image search? Now, now use your alt text, okay. And alt text is also used to help describe images to people that might have a visual impairment and can't see the image very clearly. So it makes your website more helpful to everybody, okay? So yes, include alt text. Next question. I wanna start doing SEO. What software and tools do I need to buy? Okay. Look, I'm gonna kinda gently answer this question because I don't wanna be accused of like, shilling for stuff. Okay, first of all, nobody pays me to recommend anything. The only things that I tell you are things that I do and things that I have used, okay? So I can also guarantee you that any companies that make any SEO tools don't even know I'm talking about them. I mean, like they might, but I, I don't know. They, they probably don't, okay? So this is what I would recommend. There are three types of tools that you need. Okay, you can, there's a lot out there. I'm gonna recommend a couple, but there's three types that you need if you're going to be involved in SEO. The first one is some kind of tool to research backlinks and authority, both on your site and your competition's sites, okay? Now there's a lot of choices that you can use for this. A very popular choice is Ahrefs. You can find that at A hrefs.com it's like a hrefs like the like the code okay ahrefs.com it's pretty expensive you know what actually a lot of seo tools are pretty expensive and let me quantify that because i know somebody's gonna be listening like you're not expensive look if you're just okay first of all some of these seo tools are like a hundred dollars or more per month okay that's pretty expensive especially if you're just starting all right if you don't have a very big budget and then you have to buy a bunch of tools that are $100 a month, that's pretty expensive. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay, anyway, Ahrefs is pretty cool. You might also want to look into SEMrush, S-E-M-R-U-S-H, SEMrush.com, and Majestic, M-A-J-E-S-T-I-C.com, Majestic, 
www.thecoachmentor.com. They have some crossover. They have some differences. I'm not going to get too far into it now, but you know, you might want to inquire about free trials if you're thinking about using them. Sometimes they advertise free trials, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they will let you do like one search per day for free. You know, that's really all I'm going to say about that. Um, Some of them I think have money back guarantee or something. If you don't like it, it doesn't matter. I don't know. But that's, those are my, those are the main ones that I use. Okay. So you can do, I don't know, you can play around with them if you want and and see. I don't have any like specific recommendations because it's it's like what gives you the most helpful information for you, okay? Now, the next kind of tool that you need is a keyword research tool. Now, those those websites that I just listed, they do keyword research, okay? So that's pretty cool. Yeah, they cost more, but you know, they do they do a lot of stuff too, I'll be honest with you. Um if not, if you're trying to save money, there's a tool I like. It's called keysearch.co or .co. You know, people say that both ways. So I'm going to say it two ways. Keysearch.co, K-E-Y-S-E-A-R-C-H.co or keysearch.co. It's the same thing. Uh, whatever way you prefer to say it, that's cool. Okay, keysearch.co. It's a pretty decent keyword research tool. Look, It's not the most powerful keyword tool in the world, but you know what? It's way more affordable. I'm not even joking. It's substantially more affordable than any other keyword tool I've ever used. And I've literally been using it for, when did I, at least six years. It may be seven years. I've been using it for a long time. Okay. It's a pretty good tool. It's a lot. I don't want to, I'm not, I'm actually, I'm actually not sure how much it costs right now. Um, but I think, I think it's around $20 a month. I don't even think it's that much. Maybe they raise their prices. I, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, um, so I just looked and the lowest price tier they have is $17 a month. So that's way less than like pretty much any other keyword tool that I've ever seen. I strongly recommend you check it out. If you're looking for keyword ideas and difficulty levels, um, it's pretty awesome. Okay. Anyway, the other type of tool you need is a SERP tracker. SERP, S-E-R-P, search engine results page. Okay. So a SERP tracker is any tool that lets you check the position of a website for certain keywords over time. There's a lot of SERP trackers out there. Okay. The one I've been using for over 10 years is called SERP Fox, S-E-R-P-F-O-X, Dot com, okay, serpfox.com. I've been using it for my own websites and for all of our clients for over 10 years. They are awesome. I highly recommend them. I believe they have a free, a free package that you get like 10 keywords or something for free. And then if you need additional keywords, you know, it, it costs money, but they're awesome. Anyway, so what Serpfox does and what a good SERP tracker does is Every day it will search the search engine for your keywords and it'll figure out what position your website is in for all of the keywords and it will make a chart so that you can view over time where your website is compared to where it used to be. It's awesome. I use it all the time on my own sites. I use it all the time on our client sites and it makes an excellent tool if you're providing reports to your clients so that you can say, hey, look, you used to be here and now you're here. You know how I always say like, oh, we had a client that was in position, you know, 70 and now they're in position four or whatever. The reason I know that is because of SerpFox, okay? 
It's an excellent tool. If you're looking for a SERP tracker, I highly recommend you check it out. Okay, so that's really all I'm gonna say about tools for right now. Um, there's more, you know, I, like I, I've used some other ones sometimes, but like, honestly, I, I it depends on what you're looking for. Um, and I don't know, there's some that are, that are very, very high priced. And you know what? Some of the most expensive ones I've actually heard a lot of negative feedback about. So look, I've, I've been able to do whatever I needed to do as far as SEO goes with all of the aforementioned tools. Okay. So like, and I don't, I don't even use all of them all the time. It's, I was going to say, I can't tell you how to do it, but literally the purpose of this podcast is me telling you how to do it. So like figure out what data you need and then explore different tools that provide that data. Okay. Like, does that make sense? Like, for example, I think Ahrefs is great, but maybe you get what you need from SEMrush or something. All right. I don't know. Look around and like, see what you like. But anyway, those are the three types of tools you need. So anyway, the three tools that I mentioned at the beginning, so Ahrefs, Majestic, and SEMrush, they have some overlap, but they also do some different things. So again, it's going to depend on what you're looking for. Okay. Next question. The keywords that I want to rank for are too competitive. Are there any other strategies besides building authority? Okay, that's a great question. So one of the main aspects of doing effective SEO is selecting the right keywords. So let's look at this question. So your keywords are too competitive. So what would that look like? Okay, your keywords are too competitive. Okay, so maybe whatever they are, like, I don't know, let's say blue widgets, all right? Obviously, this is just an example. Nobody is probably trying to rank for blue widgets, okay? But let's say blue widgets happen to be your keywords, okay? So what does that mean? if they're too competitive. Well, what that means is when you looked them up in some kind of SEO tool, you found that the websites that are currently at the top of the search results have a ton of authority. What does that look like? Well, there's various metrics, which I've talked about on other episodes. Uh, so maybe they just have very high authority scores and every tool has its own authority score because like the actual level of authority used by the search engines isn't made public. So tools have to come up with a proxy basically uh, to determine what they think the authority is. But anyway, and then when you looked further into those, you found that they have some very good backlinks from some very authoritative domains. Okay. So what might, like, what's a quicker way of looking at that? Okay. Let's say when you search for your keywords, let's say the first result is like a .gov site. All right. Well, yeah, you're probably not going to outrank a .gov site. Okay. Maybe the second result is a .edu site. Well, that's possible, but you know, it's pretty hard. Maybe like the third result is Wikipedia and the fourth result is, I don't know, some like Microsoft.com or something. I, I don't, I'm just, I'm just using them as an example. Yes, it's possible to outrank somebody like Microsoft, but it's going to take forever and a ton of authority. And I would bet that most people would not be able to do that. So you have a valid question. My keywords are too difficult. How do I do it? Okay. So there's basically three ways to rank in SEO. The first way is to just wait and do nothing. And then eventually maybe somebody finds you and backlinks to you. And then maybe event it takes, oh my gosh, it takes so long. Please don't do it that way. Like that's literally why SEO agencies exist because people don't want to do it that way. They don't want to wait. Okay. And if your website is not ranking, it's very implausible that somebody is going to find it and link to it to even give you authority in the first place. Okay. So let's not go that route. Okay, the second route is to build tons of authority by getting high quality backlinks from authoritative domains. Okay, but that takes money and or time. So, and even then, honestly, it's not even possible all the time. Okay, like 
if you're trying to outrank like a dot, I don't know why you'd be trying to outrank a dot gov site, but yeah, I don't know. But if you are, you know, good luck with that. If you're trying to outrank, you know, IBM or Microsoft or Amazon, yeah, have fun with that. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying most SEO agencies can't do it. Okay. Um, and it's not, even, even if they know how to do it, like, for example, Amazon has so much authority. You're probably not going to outrank Amazon. Okay. Anyway, what's the third way? The third way is to use less common keywords, okay? Let's say blue widgets is too hard. You're just not gonna rank for blue widgets, okay? It's too challenging. Every competitor in the top 30, for example, okay, has too much authority. You're never gonna outrank them, okay? Well, so blue widgets, you can't use that one. But what if you were to do variations on that keyword, okay? Now, this is frequently referred to as a long tail keyword. It's generally got a larger number of words in it and it's more specific, okay? So, how to make blue widgets. The best blue widgets. A comparison of blue widgets. Keywords like that, those probably have less competition, and they also probably have fewer monthly searches. Now, if you remember from another episode, you know that generally speaking, the higher number of monthly searches a keyword has, the more competition it will have. Why? Because when more people are searching for something, it's a more attractive keyword to rank for because you can get more traffic, okay? Not always, but usually. Every once in a while, you find a keyword that doesn't have a lot of competition and has a bunch of monthly searches, okay? But like, don't, don't, don't expect that to be the case. Just be, you know, cheerful when it happens and definitely use that keyword by the, just be cheerful when it happens. Anyway, so if you can't rank for blue widgets, you can probably find a good number of related keywords that don't have huge amounts of competition that you can probably rank for. Now, are you gonna get fewer visitors from those less competitive keywords? Yeah, but you know what? You can do more of them. So instead of getting one keyword that gets like 10, I'm, I'm making these numbers up. I'm making these numbers up, okay? Instead of getting one keyword that has like 10,000 searches per month, you could do 10 keywords that have 1,000 searches per month or whatever, okay? Long tail keywords are awesome. People like to focus on the big keywords, the main keywords, but like if you take the time and find some good long tail keywords, you can have some pretty nice results, okay? So the answer to your question of the competition is too hard, is there any other way I can rank? The answer is you can rank if you select less competitive, but still similar keywords, okay? Get an awesome keyword tool to help you with this. Okay, next question. How do I find an SEO agency that won't rip me off? Look, I'm thinking about doing an entire episode on this topic. So let me just give you the short answer right now. Basically, I mean, you can look, you can look at their websites. If they have websites, you know, not, not everybody does. I mean, uh, let, me, let me say it differently. When some SEO consultants don't have their own website necessarily, you know, it depends, but I'm just saying some people, some people don't, um, an agency should have their own website. Anyway, look, you need to ask them some questions. Okay. Because every SEO agency is going to give you the same nonsense of all oh, the good content and the blah, blah, blah. Okay. Here's what I would do. So you're talking to them, right? Maybe you're emailing them. Maybe it's an in-person meeting, whatever. There's some questions that you need to ask. The first question I would ask, I would, no matter how much you actually know about SEO, I would act like you don't know very much, okay? And I would ask this question. I would start by asking, so look, 
I, I've, I've studied SEO like a little bit, like I've read a little bit of it online. How do you actually get a website to the top of the search engines? And then I wouldn't say anything and I would let them answer. If all they do is talk about content and title tags and H1 tags and make some great blog posts and that's literally all they say, I probably wouldn't work with them, honestly, because they either don't understand SEO or they're not being clear with you about how they're actually gonna get results. Because there, okay, listen, there is a type of SEO agency that never mentions backlinking, but still does backlinking, okay? Because for some reason, people don't like to talk about backlinking. So I say there's three kinds of SEO agencies. There's SEO agencies that don't build backlinks and don't get results. There's SEO agencies that do build backlinks and don't tell their clients about it. And then there's SEO agencies that build backlinks and tell their clients about it. The last group is called honest SEO agencies. Anyway, look, so if they talk about authority or if they, you know what, if they don't, you could even say like, well, what can, can you tell me about authority? Cause I read something about like authority and like link building, but I, I didn't, I didn't really understand what it means. Like, how does that work? And then just let them talk, you know? And if they say anything that doesn't directly suggest that backlinking builds authority and that's how you get to the top of the search engines, I probably wouldn't work with them. Okay, let's say they do though. Let's say they actually say, oh, hey, you know what? Yeah, so that's a good question. You're right. Maybe, you know, they say this when you ask your starting question and they say, oh yeah, listen, um, so SEO, there's a bunch of things involved in content and blah, blah, blah. But listen, there's also something called authority and authority is how the search engines determine how relevant a website is uh, for a certain search term. It's like a measure of popularity kind of and you know, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Okay, so far so good with this answer, okay? So far so good with this agency, okay? So then the next question is, oh, okay, cool. Well, listen, um, like how do you get backlinks? So you just said that we need backlinks. How do you actually get backlinks? You'll hear one of two answers. They will either say something like, oh, well, you know, we, we work with a group of I don't know how they're going to phrase it, but it's going to be something like, you know, we, we have a group of, of partners and blah, blah, blah. And maybe they'll talk about like different agencies and whatever. It, basically what it amounts to is they're doing guest posting and link outreach, but they're not calling it that. Okay. You know, we have some partners that have authoritative websites and, you know, sometimes we can get a post on them and then it can get a backlink back to you and the blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. So what you're doing is guest posting and link outreach. Okay. Now I never said link outreach and guest posting don't work. They do work, but it it's very inefficient and potentially dangerous. And I actually have an episode dedicated to that very topic. So if you wanna learn more about why guest posting and link outreach are dangerous, go listen to episode 14. Anyway, the other answer that they might give you, and it's very unlikely that they will give you this answer, even if it's true, okay, is they'll say, hey, listen, you know, Part of what we offer is we have a portfolio of authoritative blogs that we use to rank our clients, okay? Just for the record, that's how my agency works, okay? And basically zero problems with that if it's done correctly, okay? There's a lot of ways to do it wrong and I have three episodes on everything you need to know about doing it that way. It's episodes three, four, and five. No, I can't shorten it. Yes, you have to listen to all of them if you wanna learn how to do it. Unfortunately, I try to make everything easy and pretty concise so that you can understand it quickly. But like, honestly, when it comes to building a portfolio of authoritative blogs and linking correctly and all the other things that you have to do, I can't really make it quick. So if you're interested, episodes three, four, and five will explain all of that in detail. Anyway, if they tell you that, 
then you should have some more follow-up questions to make sure they do it right because there are so many ways to do it wrong and a small number of ways to do it right. So anyway, I mean, <laughs> I would say if you talk to 100 SEO agencies, okay, to try and pick the one that you wanted to do the SEO for you, um, I would say that at least 90 of them would not even mention backlinking, okay? So they're immediately off the table. I would say, if, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm literally not kidding. Um, of the remaining 10, I bet you eight of them, probably nine of them would do guest posting and link outreach. And again, that's not, guest posting and link outreach aren't bad. They're just inefficient. I think they're potentially dangerous. I've I've never done them for our clients. Um, because it's just, it's a, it's a big waste of time. Honestly, just go listen to episode 14. And then, uh, if you find an agency that does it the way we do and they do it correctly, you should work with them, but I don't know. Oh, there's one more, there's one more option. I can't believe I forgot to mention this. Sometimes when they say, oh, well, we have partners that let us use their websites and blah, blah, blah. What they're actually doing is outsourcing to an agency like mine that actually does their own link building from their own portfolio. So Look, I don't know, like that's, I don't know. Like this is, this whole answer is the short answer to the question of how do you pick an SEO agency that's not gonna rip you off? Cause most of them will rip you off. Most of them will not get you to the top of the search engines. And most of them are very dishonest about how they actually do anything. If they even do anything at all. I'm not joking when I say that many SEO agencies and consultants don't even do anything. And I have an episode about that. If you want to learn more about it, it's called Six Common SEO Scams and it's episode nine. So if you want to find out how SEO agencies tend to rip people off, go listen to that episode. Anyway, <laughs> I'm the, the, last, the last thing I'm going to say, like in case you're just joining us, I just want to say, I've talked about this before, but there are SEO agencies out there that you will hire the SEO agency and you will pay the SEO agency and they will literally do nothing to help your SEO, okay? They will literally do nothing. And if you happen to move up in the search results in the meantime, because websites tend to move up and down over time, they will say it's because of them and they will try to keep charging you money, but they actually did nothing, okay? Go listen to episode nine, okay? Not kidding. Um, <laughs> it's pretty common. Go listen to episode nine. It's pretty common that they will do nothing um, and if you want to learn more about how I arrived at my figure of 99% of SEO agencies and consultants are scammers, you should go listen to episode 18 because I talk a little bit more in detail about that too. Anyway, okay, that's that's been a couple questions. Let me know if you have any questions you want me to answer. You can email me at hello at grumpyseoguy.com and I may answer them in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review. It would really help the show out. I hope this episode was helpful. And if you have any questions, or if there's anything that you want me to talk about on a future episode, you can email me at hello at grumpyseoguy.com. And I'll talk to you later. You're listening to Grumpy SEO Guy, the SEO podcast that doesn't waste your time with nonsense that doesn't work. Join us next Wednesday when we talk about everything you need to know about SEO in 38 minutes. 